When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. What's up, movie trivia, Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown! My name is Brad Gilbert, with you might know me by another name. You might know me as... Oh my god, you're my dream boat, for sure. The boat! Hashtag best of all time, hashtag best of all true, hashtag boat life, hashtag I'm on a boat, and I'm joined by the man from Illinois. He's at Illinois, Frankie Nubbles Janish, a.k.a. West Coast Frank! <laughs> numbers from a sexy player. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm Thank feeling you. really good about them. Oh, I'm feeling those numbers. Yeah, that's feeling right, them. baby. Did you call me an illa boy? Is that what you yeah, said? Illa, yeah, the illa boy from <laughs> illa Illinois. Boy. I never heard that one. That's like that's pretty decent. It's pretty good. Right off the top. Right off the top. Freestyle. That. Sometimes. You know, I I was on what is what is the action debate show called? Uh, action movie. Um, no action. Uh-huh. Debate. The general debate. I was yeah. on the general debate. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with 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 Mike Kalinowski and a couple of other people, and we were debating Bond movies. And I just gotta tell this because I freestyled it and I was so impressed with myself. Mike was talking about the guy he chose for Bond, and he's he freestyled or he didn't freestyle, it sounded like he had it prepared. He chose a director and then he had a, a Bond title, right? And it was a good title. I can't remember what it was, but it was good. I was like, oh, you know, it makes everyone go, ooh. Mm-hmm. And then I was right up next. So I completely freestyled. My selection for the next James Bond um, was, uh, why is his name just escaped me? I don't know. Oh, what my gosh. Wait. Who you told me before? 
Yeah. John Boyega. John Boyega. I'm so sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm so sorry. I don't know how that escaped me. John Boyega. I said John Boyega as Bond, directed by Matthew Vaughn. Uh-huh. A little different, right? A little different, but very okay. stylish. You know what I mean? Very stylish. Called Rumors of My Demise. It was off top of my head. Top of my head. Top okay. of my head. And it's not bad. It's not bad for this freestyle. Rumors of My Demise? It sounds yeah. pretty good. It sounds very Bondy. You know, they might need to use that coming forward. No Time to Die. Rumors of My Demise. I like it. That's interesting. I do like that. I do like that. Not bad. Maybe I'll, yeah, go, maybe so. I'll go back and, and watch your argument. I probably won't, but maybe <laughs> I will. But well, maybe I, I, I will. I won one of the rounds. The round that sunk me was the trivia. And the question's ridiculous. I'd like to see how you would do. Bond trivia got you? No, 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 no. They, they threw us a softball. I was told by PLD, hey, yeah, we're going to do Bond trivia. And okay. then they completely went away from that. And they said, we're going to ask you trivia questions about the actors each of you selected for Bond. Oh, really? So you got John Boyega yeah. trivia? Yeah, and whatever other jabronis these people mentioned. I, I you know, I didn't know any of it. So <laughs> it's okay. okay. They were hard. Anyway, um, welcome to the show. Frank, how you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good week. It's been a pretty good week. How you doing? I, I'm all right. I'm a little bit hot at you, um, meaning oh, upset. Yeah. yeah. Because last week I, I yeah. laid down the challenge. I said that it was going to happen, and um, I upheld my end of the bargain, and I purchased the Pocky One mm -hmm. Chip yeah. Challenge. Now, when I bought this, I actually also bought it with Da Bomb Beyond Insanity, and I will mm -hmm. say off camera I tried Da Bomb Beyond Insanity. You did. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. It's really nuts. So I, I, I'm a big salsa guy, and I know this is not what people tuned in for. I, I'm a big salsa guy, so I put like a, I literally put like a tiny dab in the salsa that I made oh, fresh. Oh, you just ruined your salsa. Overpowered it. Completely yeah. overpowered it. So I bought yeah. this, and I sent Frank a link. Frank didn't buy yeah. his this week. So I think that we're going to have potentially a live show next week. Right. It looks like it. Um, but here, in my defense, if you go back and replay that clip, You'll notice that you said in the next week or two. So you did give a little bit of a buffer. And oh, I'm, but, and I'm but using the, the buffer. Not because I don't want to do it. I'll do it. It's going to happen, folks. Right here. That, I'm on record saying it's going to happen. So you can be hot about it all you want. But let the record show, Your Honor, that buffer is being used. Well, I, I have two words for you. Next week... It's on. <laughs> it's on. Okay. It's on. It's going to happen. Very good. Very uh, I'm excited, I'm excited though, to talk about the week that was in the movie trivia showdown, but we had some news that broke off top that I think that we should get to. We're talking about next week. We have a live pay-per-view event uh, going on. Shazam is taking on the corruption for the movie trivia showdown team's championships. A lot of debate about this one of who's going to win. I have my pick. I'm sure Frank has his, but also... There was an undercard match added that's going to be Gray Drake, who we haven't seen. We haven't seen Gray Drake all season, right? Yeah. All season? Last season? Last season, uh, maybe? Quite some time. Like, since MODOK, those days, it was, the, like, the last time we really saw Gray Drake. And she's going up against Sassy Stacy Howard, who, of course, had that great win earlier this year that everybody was talking about. They were a buzz. And um, uh, I think that that's a fun undercard match. What do you think, Frank? I, I would thank Stacey Howard. I said this on Coming Up Next with Jen Sturger. I think Stacey Howard is the favorite. And um, yeah. I think she's probably going to be the decisive victor. Yeah, it's interesting getting these uh, 
matches outside of the tournament because we are in the middle of a very heated faction race between Corruption, Swag, and the Founding Fathers. Now, um, I'm sorry, the Finstock Exchange. Grey Drake is part of the Finstock Exchange, so any points you can get at this time right now is huge, especially considering that the Finstock Exchange is out of the singles tournament right now. they got to wait until the team's tourney starts up when the Founding Fathers will have their chance at uh, redemption of sorts. But this matchup between Grey Drake and, and Stacey Howard is very interesting. It's Finstock Exchange versus the Rockstars. Now, Rockstars, I, I don't really give a shot at getting the faction title. Yes, Jeff Ryder's currently on a run, and we'll see if that run continues next week against who we now know will be Ethan Irwin. Um, but also, I think Christian, in his little announcement on SEN, uh, alluded to the fact that he realizes that there's implications with the exchange getting a match like this, and that we should we should keep our, our nose to the grindstone about other matches, kind of to balance things out. That's what it sounds like. Uh, mm. So I mean, there is that free for all, but I mean that's everyone's already included in that one, that horror free for all at the end of the month. Um, I don't know what other match we're going to matches we're going to have, but you would like to think that somehow. Swag and Corruption are going to be involved in some capacity because it would only make it fair at this point. Not to mention, people can point towards the fact that Finstock Exchange has had more match opportunities than any faction um, up to this point right now. So I think the league recognizes that, yes, this match is going to happen between Great Drake and Stacey Howard, but fear not because we're going to, I think it sounds like, they're going to balance it out as well as it can with these other factions that are in the heat of this battle uh, getting an opportunity. As far as this match goes, yeah, Stacey Howard's got to be the favorite, if only because we haven't seen Grey Drake in so long. And when she was playing, she wasn't at, at, at a level that gives great confidence that she could win a match, even back when she was currently playing on a, on a somewhat active level. Stacey Howard is one of the more continued underrated players in the showdown. You saw what she was able to do against Eric Zipper earlier this year, incredible match, incredible win, incredible incredible pulls throughout that whole entire match. Uh, so yeah, she has to be the favorite, but you never know what, what Gray Drake um, uh, is going to pull out uh, in a match like this. And who knows, we could see a shocker because this would be a big, big opportunity for Finstock Exchange to get some points, get a potential two, maybe three points here um, for the exchange in a, in a tight, tight faction race. I think you make a lot of great points, and, and I, I do love that we're discussing the balancing out, right, of the schedule. I think that probably, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, that next season there's probably going to be an extreme focus on that, right, <laughs> of, of the balancing out the schedule. Wouldn't you think? You would think, but I don't think so. Um, and this is the way Shmodan has always been. It's uh, if you win, you get to continue to play, which... Okay, sure. I think I, I don't know if there's gonna be an an over, like a heavy emphasis on a balancing act. I do think there I think there will be uh, considerations for um, somewhat of a balance. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, you saw I think uh, Roxy Stryer on Twitter uh, kind of put out a tweet about, "Hey, Rockstars haven't had that many matches. You look at everybody else. A lot of the retorts to that." That tweet where, well, if you win, then you play more. Which is like, 
yeah, but then what's the point of awarding points? If the more you right. win, the more you play. Well, obviously, yeah, if you win, you're, then you're going to get points. If you continue to get points, then you get more opportunities to accumulate more points, and it just snowballs from there. So, well, I think in a perfect world, we could schedule everybody with, you know, I don't know, 30 matches every season. Every faction gets 30 matches. Yeah, in a perfect world, but that's just not how the Schmodown has ever operated, and I don't think will operate until... I, well, I don't even know. I don't, can't even speculate. So... While I would like to see more of a balancing act, um, I'm just not going to concern myself with it because there's real. I mean, matches are going to unfold the way they unfold, schedules and all that, um, out of a lot of people's control, most cases. So it is what it is. Um, but I think as long as it doesn't get too crazy out of balance, which I don't think it's that crazy this year per se, given COVID and all that. I, I get that some factions have like 10 or something matches less than exchange or swag and stuff like that. But this has been a a tournament-dominated season in lieu of COVID. So but I don't I, know if I do, be... I do think, though, that, that you can if – you, if you know – because, okay, COVID threw a curveball and everything. We didn't know we yeah. were getting these tournaments. We didn't know that we were going to be doing it the way that we did it, right? But if you know, okay, we're going to have a 32-person tournament. We're going to have um, the IG tournament. We'll have yeah. the Star Wars tournament. Okay, we know that. So those are guaranteed matches for all those teams, at least in the first round. Okay? Right. And then we know that we have about two matches on average a week. We know that we might have one pay-per-view a month. Right? I think yeah. there are ways where you can balance out a master schedule to ensure that every team has that opportunity to play the same number of matches because then – you know, other than or as close to it as possible, unless you yeah. win in tournament season, right? I think that's yeah. the only time where someone can really that's get where a big advantage. You're going to see the imbalance come from is tournaments because once you get knocked out, then that's it. You got to wait for the rest of the tournament for maybe well, some outside matches or another tournament to start before you get another crack at playing. And that's what we've seen this year. That's why when you go out in the first round, you know, like like you know uh, some of these other teams, then they got to sit and wait. You know, especially if they have like three of their four players get bounced, then they only have one guy, and then he maybe goes a round or two. That's where the imbalance starts to really balloon and kind of throw things out of whack. But that's just that was always going to happen with a tournament-dominated season like we've had this year. Well, you, you, could, you could curve that in, in, in a way or two, right? One way you could do it is the only points that are awarded for the tournament is to the winner, right? Sure. So, so you don't get... Points for every single win. You only get points for whoever wins the entire thing, and it's a point total that's worth your while, right? Perhaps. So that way, you know, it maybe we could balance out a little bit. Or you could do a thing to where I actually thought about this earlier this week, and I, I know you're not going to like it already, but I'm going to pitch it anyway. Sure. What if we, we transformed how we think of the spectacular? And uh, even though you and I have had ideas similar to before, what if the spectacular really is like the NBA playoffs, where we we see which four teams, right, or which five, you know, you have to be four teams or what have you, have have gotten the the total number, highest total number of points, and we turn that entire month or end of November into December, whatever we gotta do, even if it's two weeks, three weeks, something like that, we turn that entire month into the spectacular. Where you see these playoff, this playoff tree, 
where you can figure out a little legitimate team structure. Remember, we talked about faction wars forever. Yeah. Yeah. You can literally you can figure out that faction structure to where we could play, 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 and find ourselves with the winning faction playing in the finals of the last week of the spectacular, where you also have all your title matches. Um, I'm trying to really understand what you're saying. Um, no, so for, how, like, how, how does that make this week any different from any other? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, but more so now. Um, well, I'm it, talking about for the actual teams itself, right? It's for about like, like the teams, the factions. Okay, the factions. See, I get, the I get confused when say factions. Okay, that's and teams. my bad. Yeah, yeah. The factions. Okay. But the actual factions themselves, getting it to that December month where we'll see the faction playoffs. So really, all all the if you if you really just cut out the additional points for wins in, in certain rounds of a tournament, you just award the winner of the tournament, the, the entire faction, mm-hmm. the points, right? And you could get it to a point to where you have four top factions okay. by the by the end of okay, November what okay. or what have you. You see what I'm saying now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so let's take the top four point earning teams up until yes. November, December, and then those matches that they play, you accumulate points within that amount. But you all start from zero, and then whoever mm-hmm. accumulates those amount of points with probably a balanced schedule, uh, then then you can have a another race right there. Right, and the then, then it'll culminate yeah. in the final, uh, you know, in the finals of the. It's uh, kind of, Super it's Thunder. kind of like I mean, it's definitely splitting. It's definitely having a, a, a regular season and a postseason for the mm-hmm. showdown, as opposed to one big long season that culminates in one event. What, what, would you still have the actual spectacular event at five minutes? I, I feel, I feel so. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, and I, but the thing is, I know the main, the main event always has to be for the title. But I feel like I don't know. Just with the faction structure, it's more of a team sport now than in an individual one. So it's almost like it's almost like like let me ask you right now. Mm-hmm. What is more important to Frank Janish right now, the movie trivia showdown singles championship, or winning the faction season, being the winning faction? Yeah, man. Like it, it's hard, uh, right? It's hard to say. Yeah, which my brain, I'm uh, just automatically goes to the single championship because that's what we've been after the past six years, you know? Um, but with the advent of, you know, the factions and I'm really looking at the standings and I'm like, this team can, or faction rather, can could win it or lose it or, you know, they do this or they have this person do that. That's really exciting. I... Let me ask you this: Why does one have to mean more than the other? Well, it doesn't have to be. But why is right? it, but why is the argument framed that way? You know, not just you, but like well, everybody else out there is always asking, "What's more important? What's more important? Well, why do well, we have well, to frame it that way?" I guess because you you think about when you go into a team. Okay, when the Schmodown was more modeled after MMA and boxing, it's one hundred percent the championships are the only things that matter. The individual championships, right. the intergeekdom, the teams, and the and the uh, uh, singles. When you switch to this sports format, we've watched sports for so long, and the sports format is all geared around being the winning team by the end of the season. So now when you're melding these two and you have this hybrid model of part individual sport, part team sport, it's natural to say, well, okay, what is the ultimate goal? Is the ultimate goal to be the champion in the movie trivia showdown? Because we see that actually being a champion somewhat hinders you in your uh, frequency of play, ability to get points. Yeah. 
And with that factor being at play, you then think, okay, well, then my ultimate goal, if I know I'm not somebody who's necessarily in the championship picture, my ultimate goal will then be to be on the championship team, the mm-hmm. faction that wins at the end of the year. So I think that that's why the argument is framed that way because we have these two parallel formats from the world of sports going on within the same league at the same time, the teams and the singles. So then I start thinking about it as a team sport. I think the championship at the end of the year is the most important thing. And to me, the the MVP championship or the MVP trophy is more like the singles title, right? Defensive player of the year is like the IG title. Uh, all sure. NBA first team is the team's championships. This is how I start to think about it in my sports brain. Yeah. So I, I wonder if Christian's thought about this too, and if there would be some sort of thought put into season eight of what is the, the goal and the focus. Maybe... Your goal and focus is to, within your division, oh, man, look at this. Now we're going down the rabbit hole. In your division, if say you, at the at the beginning of the year, you're claiming I am singles and teams or I am intergeekdom and oh, teams okay. or whatever. You're declaring which division you are in, right? Everyone might be eligible for teams, but you have to declare singles or IG, and you have to stick to it until at least the collision or something, right? Just follow okay. me. I'm freestyling. Okay. Freestyling. Now, your individual point totals as a player – will then put you into that championship conversation, right? It's not about necessarily all your wins. It'll be about point totals, which somewhat go hand in hand, but depending on how you win, you know, whatever can catch you up. Okay, knockout or TK or whatever. So then if you declare I'm in the singles and I have, say, 15 points of of wins, okay, now I'm eligible for that championship shot. But guess what? No champions anymore. You play like it is the Super Bowl. We play to get that championship opportunity. We win it. We're the champion for the year. You come back, no more champions again. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, so the way that you get to the spectacular is you find yourself in your division as the highest-ranked competitor based right. on your point totals, and then you and the, the top two, like they do in basketball mm-hmm. or any other sport, the top two, they meet each other at the spectacular to see who the singles champion for that year is going to be. So you're 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 basically erasing the UFC MMA, you know mm-hmm. that that route to titles to belts, right? Right. Okay. Um, right. Th- three wins to a title shot, no moss. You know. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, people are like, well, what if you only have? That means you only have one night a year where you have title fights. Not necessarily. You know, you could do okay. The championships decided in the first up to collision, right? And then we see them at collision. And then you right. see him again later. I don't know. There's a way you could – I'm sure you could figure it out. I think we've hypothesized rather greatly in the opening minutes of this yeah. show. Or we're almost a half I, hour in. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will say, you know, I've, I've also thought about other ways the showdown can operate. Um, and I kind of I, – I liken it to if the showdown operated the way that um, – Soccer does, you know, like Premier League, where you have that's confusing. You have your regular season schedule, right? Everyone's playing for mm-hmm. the Premier champion, the title, you know, that 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 championship. But within that regular schedule, you have other tournaments going on, like the FA Cup or Premier League, or not the Premier League, um, Champions League. You have the Europa Cup, like you have all of that stuff, and those are like tournaments, basically, akin to what Schmidt does already with singles, intergeekdom teams. It's important. It's prestigious to win those, as well as being the top team in your in your league. If you were in the Premier League, um, that way there's different, you know, 
titles bestowed upon each faction or team or individual. Like this is, you know, the singles being a tournament winner doesn't really carry that much weight in the Schmodown because you don't win a belt. You, it's it's a really a long road to a number one contender shot to get a shot potentially at winning the belt. It's a long road. It's even longer this year, um, singles wise. Um, so there are different ways I've thought about it, but I always come back to the one thing that 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 I think everybody will always come back to is Brad. Look it, we're just gonna have to start our own showdown league. We're gonna have to do the rundown <laughs> league. That's what that's what it is. The rundown league. That's it. We're starting. Yeah. We're branching um, off, and we're uh, going face to face, head to head with the Schmodown every Thursday and Friday, and it's the you know it's the Schmodown Wars. That's what it is. You know what they need to do? One of the <laughs> other leagues, that formerly referred to as the fan leagues, but one of the other leagues needs to hire us as the commissioner and general manager of the league. That's what they need to do, and then we could form it in our vision. And maybe if we show Christian and Skybound and the powers that be how <laughs> our vision of this wait, could work. Wait a minute. We're gonna do all this work and then be like, please, Skybound and Schmodown, take do see it worked. No, at that point, if it's working, I want to. We run it then. We just keep going. Are you out of your mind? Are you yeah. out of your mind? No. Yeah. You see I've been doing the rundown no, look, for over four look, years. Dude, what do you think? This that's true. <laughs> you are out of your mind. Uh, <laughs> but um, how long have I done the show? At least two and a half. Mm, I must be crazy too. Yeah, but. Yeah. The, but we what I was going to say, it's, it's kind of like the D League, uh, or the G League, rather, or the uh, minor leagues, where they try out different rules. Oh, that would be great, because there's that rumored potential for, you know, the... Uh, the minor the, league. The minor leagues. Do all your experimentation down there, like baseball does, with different rules in the minors and things like that. Yeah, that could be really cool. There might yeah. be, and that actually might draw more attention to those matches, just because of how the format's different. That'd be interesting. I used to, I used to have a mu- music producer that when we started, like... Coming up with a really good idea, he say, "Boy, now you cook it with gas." <laughs> I think that that's, that's it. All our ideas, we put them in the minor leagues, and we'll work it out there. All the kinks, uh, just like most of the other sports do, really. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think they could work. There you go. We, fought, we solved it. it. Only took us we twenty-five solved minutes. It. We solved it. <laughs> we We're solved gonna work it. on hunger and poverty next, but for now, we solved it. We solved it. Um. Also, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was our first news item holy crap got oh wow i don't know how we got on that train uh also it was announced that there's a, another match coming up for mr kevin smith kevin smith we saw compete against chris jericho in i know that we say this for everything but i think that it's it's up there as an honorable mention for match of the year Maybe not the match of the year as far as skill-wise, but sure. I think it's honorable mention just what the match meant and then how good it actually was and entertaining it was. Yeah. But um, following up his performance with that match, uh, his next opponent has been announced. And it's going to be the sniper, Brett Sheridan. <laughs> and it's, and it's going to be at Spectacular? Is that is that what it was? Yeah, that's what it sounded like on the, on the one-on-one with Christian, yeah. How, how do you feel about this? Because... I think that Kevin Smith is some, and and this is no disrespect to Brett Sheridan, whom I adore, but I I think that we could find maybe a better matchup hmm. for Kevin Smith. Okay. Am I wrong in this? I want to see, and, and and this is probably why I'm not a promoter, but I I just want to see him, you know, get into the thick of it. 
Yeah. You know, I really would like to see Kevin Smith, Matt Atchity or or Kevin Smith and and somebody on that level who we know is good but not great. Yeah. And and see what they could do against this guy and and really test his mettle. Honestly, to me, him versus Brett Sheridan almost reminds me of Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone from over the uh from earlier this year to where you you knew what the result was going to be. There was no doubt in the result. And um, it was really because you just wanted to see Kevin Smith or Conor McGregor, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think of it? Um, I don't mind it, if only because I love Brett. I think he's great, and he's very entertaining, and um, he seems to be somewhat competent as a Schmadown player. Now, in his match against Bonnie, he answered 53%. Um, he didn't know odd job, right? Yeah, that's a, that, that, I mean, I understand that's a problem for you. Um, it's a I have for a lot of people. I have come up with not come up with, but I've kind of sorted the rookies that we've had this year. We've had twenty two rookies play this year, and we've had fifteen of them play in singles. And while there are other rookies with zero and one records, do you know where I rank Brett Sheridan amongst the fifteen? Tell me, I rank him at fifteen, even though he's one to zero. And even though Sabrina Ramirez, Claudia Dolph, even Jericho, uh, Andres Gallego, Brittany Young, Clee Wiggins, they're all 0-1. I have them above Brett Sheridan. They should be. And while they don't, aside from, I think, Sabrina and Brittany Young, um, could attract more eyes to the match. I mean, you're ready to get a ton with Kevin Smith. But... Right. You get, I think you get more of that fervor with, with Brett Sheridan because there is a lot of love for Brett within our community who's going to tune in for that um, and love to see Brett go up against Kevin it's Smith. True. Kevin Smith, I think somebody else that a potential player, perhaps in the future, if it wasn't for this match, maybe in the future, Vinny Mancuso. That's a good He's one. And one. Too. He's a very solid player. Now I understand, like, look, we all want to see Kevin Smith win. I think we would all would like love to see Kevin Smith hold up the title belt. I don't yeah. know if that's a possibility, but you never know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind that Brett Sheridan's in the shot against Kevin Smith. They're both one to zero, so that's going to be thrown out there automatically. It's like, hey, look, they're both one to zero, both one to zero. And what else? I mean, they're the only rookies right now, aside from. Ben Goddard, who only played one match in singles this year, um, he's one to know. But wow. I think you would say Ben seems to, at least in that one match, seems to be a leg up above Kevin Smith. And do you want to feed a Kevin Smith to a Ben Goddard? No, no, I don't. I don't. But I, I'm I mean, not I saying it's a guarantee lock. Ben would win either. I just think it would be a really good match. And I think here's the other thing: like on the surface, when you look at it, it's like I think we're trying to give Kevin Smith a win. But again, those expectations can always be your worst enemy as well. Yeah, because a loss to Brett Sheridan. Right? Not great. Uh, not <laughs> great. It, it would almost be like when Dan lost to, um, or a little bit different, but when Dan lost to Andrew, Andrew Guy, right? It's just like, oh, are you what we thought you were? Mm -hmm. um, and Dan obviously was what we thought he was. Yeah. He always is. He's the GOAT. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love his show, by the way. I've never seen Jaws of Revenge, but I felt like I did. Yeah, right? Um, it was a great episode. Yeah, really good episode. Shout out to Mark Riley as well. Which I find, which I which I didn't realize and was pointed out to me, Mark Riley currently, I believe, is the points leader as an individual for the Finstock Exchange. So it kind of blows my theory out of the water as far as not doing his job. But I don't know. Numbers lie at times. What? <laughs> especially you. Especially me? Yeah. What? Yeah. I never lie. I distort, Frank but I never lie. It's a known <laughs> liar and cheat. All right. Fake known. news, dude. That's fake news. That is so fake news. Everybody knows it. We're talking <laughs> about it. Look at it. There's a fly on his forehead. Um Yeah, I, 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 I didn't know that about Mark Riley, and I like Dan Merle. But it was it reminded me of that with Dan Merle if you lose to um if you lose if Kevin Smith loses to Brett Sheridan. Speaking of Andrew Gott, you had a point you wanted to bring up about Andrew. Yeah. Well, before because I think we can discuss this part before we discuss the Ethan Irwin match because, you know, Sam Levine traded for Ethan Irwin and it was mm-hmm. everyone's really majority of the fan base was like, well, this has got to be to team him up, Ethan Irwin and Andrew Guy. They're going to be a team. And they were kind of hush-hush on it for a, for a long time until... Which I never understood. Right. Until, well, because they're, well, there is the aspect that Ethan Irwin and Janine were once a team. And they actually played right. fairly well. And they just got very unlucky against Looney Ben. And I think had it not been for um, a force like Tom um, for the Looney Ben, you know, perhaps Time Machine goes on a bit of a run. And then, you know, the whole history of the league is it could, could, could have been different. So I think there was that aspect. I also think. You know, behind the scenes, you would hear, does Andrew Guy really want to play? Does he like the online format? Does he not like the online format? There was a bunch of talk, so I kind of understand being hush-hush, and they were trying to get their ducks in a row. But when the push came to shove, it was like, team's tournament, all right, Ethan Irwin, Andrew Guy will be a team, Lethal Weapons, got it, cool, great name. Hopefully this is a, a good pairing. And But then we saw an Andrew Guy against Ben Bateman, completely disheveled, out of his mind, just completely mental and craft the bed in in a variety of ways in that match, which I had never seen before in the Schmodown, and it was a god awful uh, appearance, which could not have given Ethan Irwin much confidence. No, <laughs> nor Sam Levine uh, and the rest of that crew. Worst appearance maybe ever. It's pretty awful. It's yeah. pretty awful. Top two, and it's not two. <laughs> right. Um, no, actually, there is one that will always take the cake. And it is Umberto Gonzalez um, against Jeff Snyder. That one will always take the cake. But then there's Andrew Guy. So uh, Andrew Guy, though, you know, he puts a little extra mustard on it, yeah. which I think maybe it might get him that top spot. But continue. Sure. So now we enter this match, and Sam Levine, the Ethan Irwin, Tom match. We enter this match, and Sam Levine's not the manager for Ethan Irwin here. It's Andrew Guy, and you're like, well, what Andrew Guy are we gonna get? And it's the um, Sunday dad attire, Andrew Guy. He's he looks nothing like his former self we saw weeks ago when he played Ben Bateman. He mm-hmm. looks like he's his hair's all fixed up. He's wearing a nice dad polo, as Grace Hancock would say. And um, I understand it was a polycotton blend. I understand Andrew. I think it looks nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. So he's looks to me in a different mindset, a different frame of mind. And I look at that Andrew Guy. And taking into consideration how he was 
managing Ethan Irwin throughout that match, I go, this Andrew guy, this focused Andrew guy, plays with Ethan Irwin, and they both do what they've done in the past and play at high levels, at their high levels. Lethal Weapons is now a much more dangerous team going up against deception of the rookies, Marisol and Adam Collins. Now, I think people, maybe a week or two ago, when the bracket came out, they're saying, I think I'd take deception over Lethal Weapons because of how Andrew Guy has been looking this year, blah, 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 even though Ethan Irwin's great. Andrew Guy's too much of a liability. But I think once you see this Andrew Guy, I think people, I think people's opinions of how that match could go is going to be much different. I think it's going to be much closer now. I think Deception was going to pull out a win there, but now I am not so sure, and I think Lethal Weapons would have to be considered the favorite, even if they already were, but like more so in, in, in the zeitgeist of the Schmodown, if you will, uh, being the overall favorites for that match, even even though we've seen great things from Adam Collins and a pretty good couple of showings from Marisol. Uh, this really changes... I, I saw this, Andrew, and I was like, Lethal Weapons, man, they could run into the odd couple. I think they're on that side of the bracket and that could be real, real interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know I I hear what you're saying. And but, but with Andrew, the if he can as we may think that he is, refocus, you know, uh revamp, yeah. rejuvenate, any other reword you could recharged. think recharge, renew. There's a laser hair removal place down the street, and it's called Renewed. I just think that's so funny. It's just so funny. Regenerated. R- R-E-N-U-E-D. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, I like the double entendre. Don't even ask me how. Yeah. It always <laughs> comes back to Jay-Z. Um, yeah. No, I think if Andrew Guy can do that, he can be a major benefit because we know what he can do in teams. I mean, it's no secret. Really, Ben Bateman is the one that cost them that big win at the live event against the um, Shire Wolves, and then he, he he made it all the way with Ben. He made it all the way with Drew, yeah. um, which still should either have been Mountain Drew or Drew Squared. That's neither here nor there. Or Drew times two. Or can you feel the Drew tonight? Um, just Drew it. Just Drew it, um, yeah. There's a lot of good ones. Anyway, uh, I, I think that him and Ethan could go far. It's just based on how they complement each other. I heard Ethan on backstage, and he said that they have, like, the same knowledge base. Yeah, yeah I And then I, 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 I didn't find that to be the case. Just when you think about Ethan and you think about Drew, I don't know if they really have that many uh, similarities in their Venn diagram of movie trivia showdown strengths. Maybe they do. Maybe I just – I'm not as aware. Because when you say Andrew Guy, other than action movies – yeah. I, I, I don't know what his strengths are. Sure. Yeah, I don't know that he's ever really put out or demonstrated um, a specific category that he would just dominate, you know, like his counterpart or, used, or former counterpart in Ben Bateman with movie release dates and what and Oscars, right? We know that about Ben, but we don't really know that about Andrew Guy, and that can be a good and a bad thing um, as a player especially if you're playing against him, you don't really know. You might have an idea, but you don't really know. Right. The fact that Ethan Irwin said those things, that they kind of have similarities, I think I think it's okay only because it's Ethan Irwin. Because there are things that Ethan Irwin knows that Andrew Guy probably has no idea about. Now, 
And I, I also think when you look at Ethan Irwin, he's kind of shored up that one glaring hole that he used to have in animated. I don't know. If it's probably not top notch, but I think he's plastered it over and it's pretty solid right now. Um, but that's not to say that he could get tripped up by one in the future. I think he's done a pretty good job of navigating. We've seen throughout the tournament thus far, there's always that animated question. That's the eighth question, and mm-hmm. he's gotten them. So I like to think, as long as they don't, as long as the animated question doesn't end up in a five, um, they're going to be all right. So yeah, is it a little concerning to hear that there's their similarities line up? Sure, but I think the main exception there is, well, it's Ethan Irwin. He knows a right. whole lot. He's probably good. he's going to know just about everything you know for a lot of the players in the league. It's just you got to find that one right player who I think probably was a little bit in Janine that fills in those missing gaps. But I think over time, Ethan Irwin has become a more complete player. So that's why I don't put too much stock into it. But yeah, you do got to you know you, you got to raise the eyebrow when you hear that. You go okay. We'll yeah. see. We'll see that team's tournament is kicking off soon, so I can't wait to see the um, the results of that Lethal Weapons match. We like the name. We don't like the name. I like the name. I do. Yeah, I like the name, too. I like the yeah. name, too. Um, Pretty good. They were going to be, what, TKO? That I know. The yeah, they were talking about it. They're, yeah, the TKO, which would have been pretty cool. But I, I like that one, too. But, but like, if you lose um, by a TKO, man, that's... <laughs> you don't want that. If your name is TKO, and there's you get the, TKO'd. There's a scene... There's the scene um, where in, in Pirates of the Caribbean where they're talking about how they need bootstrap Bill Turner's blood so that they can break the curse. Mm-hmm. But they had thrown him overboard and strapped a cannon to bootstraps, bootstraps. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then the guy's like, only after that, that's when we realized we needed his blood. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, that's what you call ironic. Right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> if TKO got knocked out, TKO, Oof. that's what you call ironic. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the matches. Talk about the match. I think we should at this point. Yeah, we're 40 <laughs> minutes in. Let's talk, let's talk about the match. This might be the record. This might be the record. I think so. I think so. But at least this time, it's been about the movie trivia schmodown. True. I think one time we had 25 minutes in and we, had, we didn't even talk about anything schmodown. Probably. Really. At the end, right? I think food? I ranked my Star Wars movies. Some, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, Which one do you want to start off with first? Should we start off with Ethan and Tom or you want to talk about the Coyote yeah, man, it's got to be the coyote. There's, there's a lot to get into here. Um, I, I, you know, is there? Yeah, because I, I see this uh, in well, two waves. Well, I mean, really, in uh, one. Okay, go ahead. Not specifically into the match, but what comes out of the match as well. So, yeah, what comes out of the match? Sure, but I like Adam. I do. I like him. I think he's good. I said this on coming up next. You know, the Rookie of the Year has always been a coveted trophy, not only in the movie Jewish Modown, but in all sports. But if you go back and you look at Rookies of the Year, they're not always the name that you remember. Really? Right. For, like, other sports you're talking about? Not Schmodown. Right, right, other sports. Okay, because, like, I remember every single <laughs> Schmodown Rookie of the Year. Well, yeah, it's, it hasn't been, like, the longest right, right, list right. in the world. But when you, when you go back and you look at them, Right? Like, if yeah. I go to the last few years, some that you recognize, LeBron James, Chris mm-hmm. Paul, Kevin Durant, Derrick Rose. Some, you know, may- maybe they're not as well-known, like uh, a Malcolm Brogdon or Who? a, Ty- a Tyreek Evans oh, yeah, Tyreke, or yeah. a, a, Mike, a Mike Miller, he has, an, El- yeah. an Elton Brand. 
You know what I'm saying? Like various levels of... Oh, 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 my favorite, Michael Carter Williams. Oh, man, I remember him. It was, the, it was on the Bucks. Was that the Bucks? Uh, I think he was on the Bulls at he, one point, he, too. He, he was on the Rockets as well. Yeah. And the 76ers. A rookie of the year making I, the rounds, yeah. Right. Uh, I think he was on the Magic as well. Uh, I think he played for the Magic this season. My point is, sometimes the people that we deem are going to be the rookies of the year, they are not uh, long-term as impressive as they were in that initial outing. Sure. I I still, although he seems elite, I'm not sure if Adam Collins is going to be the next Michael Carter Williams or one of those other names. Is he going to fall under the superstar rookie of the year category or the ones that we go, oh, yeah, I th- who did he play for? Oh, that's right. Which one is he going to be? Right? I don't know. It looks like he's elite. It looks like he's elite. It looks that way. But the first time I went to Vegas, I walked out with $1,000. The next time I went, I was down 1500 It's called beginner's luck. <laughs> I, I, don't, I just don't know. You know, I just don't know at this point, Frank Janish. And then I look at the ability of Brendan the Kid Meyer. You know, the fine, young, tenderoni. Give us some roni, brother. Oh, yeah. Right? Oof. Yeah. And I wonder, was it Brendan's not bringing the same level that Adam was putting out? Or did Brendan do something that Brendan Meyer can do and beat himself? Because he overthought a crucial question, Frank Janish, that had he answered correctly, could have shifted the outcome of this match. Would have shifted the outcome of this match. We would have been talking about that fine young tenderoni. And if you find the tenderoni that is right for you. Instead of talking about the coyote, Adam Collins, what say you? So it's interesting that, that you bring up this rookie of the year kind of comparison with, with Adam Collins. Because <laughs> here's here's who I liken Adam Collins to be. And I think this is actually a pretty good comparison, even though he's still a rookie and we don't have the years on his career, like this other person I'm about to mention, who is Kurt Warner. Now, Kurt Warner was not drafted into the NFL when he came out of college. He went to okay. arena football. Remember arena football? I do. Now, it's no longer. You can make R&D. the analogy that the arena football is analogous to the fan leagues, right? Mm-hmm. The other leagues, frankly. The other leagues. And then he was picked up as a free agent, much in the same way that the Rams got a hold of Kurt Warner. And then they went on to become the greatest show on turf and all that, right? Won Super Mm -hmm. Bowl. I think Adam Collins could be the Kurt Warner type who was in the other leagues, got picked up, plays in the main league now in the showdown, and now he's on this run. I don't know if he's going to win the belt or not, but I think... He's going to have a long, prosperous career in the Schmodown if he wants to because the guy just rarely, rarely misses. He missed one question in this match. That was the three-pointer. And I know a lot of people have been salivating to see what he would do in the final round is, you know, yeah, 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 for, sure. First, first, second round, psh, psh, whatever. It doesn't mean a whole lot. 
which is just a completely wrong mindset if you ask me because stupid. that's how you get to the final round. That's how you win titles. You don't just answer final round questions and then that, make, that makes you good. You have to answer everything. Granted, I was also on the side of the argument that, yeah, I'm going to still hold a little judgment for Adam Collins when he gets to, a, to see how he does in a final round, but twos and threes are like rounds one and two-ish types of types of questions, although round three, can you can be thrown for a loop as well. And fives, well, fives are fives. <laughs> you don't see them anywhere else but that spot in the match. Brendan Meyer's talking about that, that question that he kind of stumbled over or overworked or overthought. He even said in the post-match that, look, had I gone to multiple choice, cutting edge is probably still an option, and I'd pick it anyways. So I know people have been pointing to- towards this fact that if Brendan Meyer just got or went to multiple choice and got the answer, he would have won the match, sure. But he still would have had to pick the right option, and we just don't know that he would have done that. And it kind of sounds like he thinks, Brendan Meyer, he would not have done that, uh, which is unfortunate because he played a great game. Both of these guys played a great game. Obviously, it goes to sudden death, um, and they set a what it would be now known as a sudden death points record, not the a three-round uh, points record, which I know a lot of people were kind of figuring out, is this a new points record? Is this not... In my estimation, this is a completely different points record, and we'll get to that eventually at some other time, and I'll put that on the website for records and all that, blah, blah, blah. But this, I, I think Adam Collins, he had a five-pointer. Say what you want about five-pointers. Five-pointers are five-pointers, right? Mm-hmm. He missed a three. Yeah, everyone misses a three. But mm-hmm. he didn't miss his two, right? Brendan Meyer, two, three, and five, great mm-hmm. for him. You know, elite players, they got to do that. Uh, Brendan Meyer's proven to be an elite player. I mean, both of these guys had perfect first rounds in the bonus. It's just an exquisite level of play going on here for both of these guys. Um, Brendan Meyer, you know, he missed two questions all match. That second mm-hmm. round question, and then a final one in sudden death that, that ultimately won Adam Collins the game. And I just, I don't know. I, I It's very curious to me that, that people are still like, hanging on the fact that Adam Collins hasn't really done much work in the final round. He missed that three, so look, he can be beaten. Sure, I, I, like, I don't know if anyone's out there saying that he, he's unbeatable. Um, and I think it's fair to hold a reservation in terms of how much you want to anoint him until he plays final round questions, sure. But like I said, there's, you know, he's missed a two, like a, a first rounder before. He's missed a second round question before that mm-hmm. does not knock him down further down, you know, your, your, or should not knock him down further down your level of how you judge how great of a player he is. Because what's interesting, and, and I think which is pretty funny, is that people are not judging whether or not he's, like, a good or a great player. They're judging whether or not he can win a title. Like, that's where he's already at. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, let's say, let's say Jada Paramo pretty good player i think he can do some good things but we're not really talking about title but we're saying yeah he's pretty good he has some pretty good showings in the first round he kind of comes apart in the second round but you know he went two and one in singles and you know he had a good showing blah 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 but with adam collins we're already talking about can he win a title not everyone gets talked like that but we are talking mm-hmm. like that about adam collins so i'm also trying to contain you know this Sometimes I just want to go after people and be like, what are you talking about? But I, I can't do that because it's not healthy. It's not healthy, guys. Not um, healthy for you. Yeah. But Especially this match was great. This match was, this match was but But great. let me ask you this. How, how, how big of a deal 
was it with Brendan missing that I, Tanya question? Because, really, if he gets it, it's game, set, match. Oh, wait. <laughs> I thought I was making a... <laughs> Well, I mean, if he gets that question right, then obviously Adam Collins cannot steal. Um, and yeah, he wins in regulation because Adam Collins misses his three-pointer, right? So, Why did I think that ice skating and tennis were the same thing for a second? I was like, game, set, match. Oh, I, wait a minute. Wrong sport. Well, I mean, I I thought, yeah, it worked for me. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, but 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 again, if, if, if Brendan's able to hit it, and, and my question is, was this a case of Brendan Meyer beating himself? Possibly. It's hard to tell, really, to tell you the truth. It is. Because of how he explained it in the post-match. He's like, even if I saw multiple choice, he said he felt like cutting edge was the right question or the right answer. Um, I can't recall if he said he saw Itania recently or had had not, and that could have made a difference. I don't know. But is maybe a little bit, but I will also say in, in – in light of that, you know, you pick up on that. Um, I think Coy managed incredibly well in this match yeah. with Brendan Meyer. I think mm-hmm. uh, that needs to be talked about more. Although his faction won't have the wins and the points at the end of the year, like some other factions, uh, heavy cons- I would still, you still got to throw Coy in there for a conversation, if only out of respect for manager of the year, because I think what he's done um, is has been tremendous. You look at Brendan Meyer, Harry Nemiroff. I think he's added a lot to Bibiani's game. Um, you know, we'll see what else. We'll see what the Witching Power can do in the team's tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, that could add more to the conversation. Yeah, he's probably not going to win it, but, man, I think he's kind of like the people's champ in a way, I think, yeah. as, as the matches more, you know, these matches go and go and you see more of how Koi manages. You know, again, with the real Rage guys, what he was able to accomplish with them in just a short amount of time in a division they ever never played in. So, um, a lot more respect's got to go towards Coy, and, and there should be more talk for him. But I understand why there's not, because we look at who's at top of the table, and that's who we normally talk about. Um, but I just wanted to point that out. I don't know if you picked up on that during the match. No, no, I did. I, you know, I did pick up on Coy trying to calm him down also a little bit. But um, to what effect? I'm not sure. Because Brendan, Brendan's that guy, and you know what? He's more outward with it. But it's really remnant to me of somebody like a. Uh, you know, it's real remnant to me of somebody like a Mike Kalaski or a Ben Bateman. Somebody who, if it doesn't, if it starts to not go their way, we're gonna hmm. we're gonna veer left a little bit. You know what I mean? And 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 they and their brain is their own worst enemy. You know what I mean they start overthinking things. Ben does it. Mike does it. Uh, and I think Brendan does it. Ben maybe more so than, than than Mike. But but those are the names that come to my mind. So I say that to say. Um, what should really be the name of my podcast. I use that all the time. I say that to say, uh, <laughs> but I, but I say that to say that, that Brendan, I, I don't know if it was him losing and beating himself or Adam winning. I really don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is too, you know, people want to say, oh, well, Adam Collins got lucky. Yeah. A little bit. And yeah. I say it week after week after week on this show, you got to have a little luck. To you go did. on these runs. And it yep. does not mean you didn't earn a victory or that you're not Beginner's worthy luck. of it. What's that? Mm-hmm. Beginner's luck. <laughs> right. Um, it's just, you know, you, Dan Merle, I think he got kind of lucky that Ben Bateman missed a two-pointer. Right? 
Patriots. I think they got a little lucky when Trek, you know, said Eva but, but or Frank, Ava, whatever, but you know. Frank, that doesn't fit the narrative. Oh, well, you know what? You know how that old pesky narrative you is. Know, I don't have time for those people. I really don't. I know you don't. I'm just going to tell you, you the truth. That's all. Oh. You need to pick a nickname and stick to it. Do you know what I mean? What do we mean? West Coast Frank. Okay, you gave Frankie me that numbers, one, not me. <laughs> Frank Stats Janish. Frank the Truth Janish. Uh, Illa, Illa Boy from Illinois. <laughs> like you need, a, you need to pick one and stick with it. I The only one I ever came up with, and I followed your lead, was The Truth. One day I was like, you know what? Let's go with The Truth. Everyone else called me all those names. That you, that you ran a lot. That's not me. So but you can talk you rank, to the people out there and you get it straightened out, all right? Can you rank your, your least favorite to favorite nickname? My so least. you have Frank Stats Janish, Numbers Janish, Jenga Janish. Uh, <laughs> Jenga Janish, uh, that one in a while. Uh, 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 what I just say, The Truth and West Coast Frank. Yeah, it's hard to pick the one that I dislike the least because I'll tell you, at first, I really, I actually preferred probably Frankie Stats more to Frankie Numbers. I probably preferred Stats and Numbers but uh, like, yeah. But like, West Coast Frank was pretty fun. That's a pretty fun one. Jenga Janice. What's your favorite? What's your least favorite? My, I probably West Coast Frank is pretty good. I think <laughs> I do like West Coast Frank. I do probably that's West Coast Frank. Yeah, because okay. like you can just really shout that one out. You know. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you. I'm glad for your insight. What would you, you know, ask you're, me? You're more insightful about the schmodown than you are about your own self. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, we'll yeah, isn't you know, you know. Tom and Ethan, thoughts. You know, I was really curious about how this match would unfold, if only because Tom, his whole shtick, his whole character, is so just different from anything, which I can appreciate. But I really, I don't. I'm a fan of it, but I'm not. A big fan of it. Uh huh. I like it in doses. I like it in certain situations. I don't know if it works for me or for Tom. Well, I'm not gonna go there. It doesn't work for me as for him as a singles player. I, I think what we saw from him last year that was so great was that he had someone loony to bounce off of, and that was that was Video Drew, and, and that's mm -hmm. where I really love the Tom character. Him on his own. And he only gets little bits and pieces with Kate. I don't know. So going into this match, I was like, I don't know how this character suits him for singles. Mm -hmm. um, but the dude is just really, really good. He could probably play any character he wanted, and he will still knock it out of the park. But when you're playing guys like Ethan Irwin, um, you got to be on the ball every every pitch. And mm -hmm. I thought, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I've heard in the past, you know, that Video Drew was kind of more of the brains of the operation in terms of strategy, and I don't know what how, how Tom thinks of the game that way. I don't know how Kate is working with him, if or if he if she's not working with him on that. Because when they got to rom coms, although I think you could look at it's stereotypical to look at any male, I guess, and say oh, they're probably gonna take rom coms, um, especially the character that. Tom is playing so when he ended up in 1970s and he had to go to multiple choice on the first two he missed the first one got one point on the second question I was like ugh but the guy just knows his stuff because in first round both him and Ethan they went perfect and if anyone 
was going to have an edge in this match. It was definitely be Ethan, not because of his knowledge, but because of strategy. You know, Ethan Irwin, he comes from the usual suspects. Sam Levine and Rachel Cushing, you know, behind the scenes and whatnot. He has that element. Kate, still brand new to the Schmodown. I know Grace is there as well, but I never heard a great strategic talk about Grace, so I don't know what's going on there. So if both these guys have pretty good knowledge, then really the one that that factors into it that could put them over the edge would be the strategy. And, you know, Ethan Irwin, will, while being managed with Andrew Guy, I still think Andrew Guy, who's been at this went down longer on a much strategic level, and Ben Bateman hails Andrew Guy's strategic brain for the game, which is a great asset for Ethan Irwin, which is why that's another aspect to their formation as a team. Um, you know, uh, this... Match didn't completely surprise me because Tom found himself in a hole, and Ethan Irwin only had to answer his three pointer to win the yeah. game against a guy like Tom, who we know has the knowledge. Uh yeah, I I agree with you, and 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 Ethan, and we and we've we've kind of returned to form with Ethan Irwin. Yeah, do you know what I mean? We've returned to form. Do you remember that song? Uh, I know. By Jay Z, I referenced this earlier this week on on coming up next. It was on the American Gangster album. And he starts by going, ah, 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 she got that old thing back, right? And to me, that's how I'm feeling when I see Ethan Irwin recently. He's got that old thing back. He he feels like the Ethan Irwin that we first saw. And that Ethan Irwin is the most dangerous version of Ethan Irwin. So, and then, on the opposite side, as odd as this is going to sound, we've almost seen a human side of Tom. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He seems... No, it's like the Batman. Do you bleed? You will. Right? That's what it reminds me of. And and we're seeing a couple cuts on the face. Earlier in the year was the Tom and Paul you know, match that went awry with Festival Darlings or what have you. And then I, I, I don't say that he, he's done anything in particularly wrong or yeah. particularly wrong. But it, it just – he seems – some of the mystique – that he had when he first came in with Video Drew. And we're like, wait a minute. Is this Tom from MySpace? Or like, who <laughs> right. is this guy? It seems to have worn slightly. Yeah. But I I don't think that he's anybody who we should start saying, oh, well, you know, he was good at one time. He's not in that conversation. No, 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 no. The no. man is still great. Right. <laughs> still great. Right. And, and I'm interested to see if we will potentially see Lethal Weapons versus Tom and Paul. In the tournament, somehow, some way, that would you know, I think they're on opposite sides. It'd have to be final. the final, right? <laughs> yeah, which you never know. Could happen. Crazy things have happened this year. Crazier things have happened. It's the year of upsets. So I think that Ethan, the winning, feels right. So now we know that it's going to be Ethan versus Schneider, Jeff Snyder, <laughs> which is the match that I think that we all really deep down wanted to see yeah. that match again. Yeah, and then it's going to be uh, Lightning, Liz Shannon Miller. Versus Adam Collins, which Huge. who could have predicted that as yeah, that right? side of the bracket 100%. final? No, nobody, zero people. Uh, we're coming now down to the what is it? The Fantastic Four, the Final uh, Four, the Freakish Four. Oh, is it Funky the, no. Four. It's the um, Fine fearsome four. four. Fearsome Four. I knew we'd get there a minute. <laughs> um, the Fearsome Four. Frank Janish, who's who wins it all? This is pretty tough. It is, is tough. This is pretty tough. and Because there's no wrong answer. You right. say anybody, you're like, oh, yeah, I can see that. 
Snyder playing some of the best Shmodan of his career. Ethan Irwin seems to have found that old form that we saw back when he debuted. Adam Collins has been a bat out of hell and just ruining everyone's brackets and plans. Same thing can be said for Liz Shannon Mill. It's a quiet type, but was rejuvenated under the tutelage of Winston Marshall and really brought out something more in Liz Shannon Miller. I think... <laughs> I don't know! I don't know! <laughs> like... I thought I, I thought I, it would come to me in the moment. It just, it just. I thought I thought. I thought I thought Yeah. I thought I thought I put it. If I had to put money on it, man, it is hard. I mean, it's like how do you not go with Ethan? Right. But then how do you not go with how Jeff is playing? And at the same time, Adam's on a run, and then Liz has been upset again. I don't know either, Frank. So if I look at the numbers, the numbers would say. The best players of these four, in terms of accuracy, have been Ethan Irwin and Adam Collins. Adam Collins okay. has been the best player in this tournament, and he's had to play one extra match, a play-in match. Um, you know, and oh, oh, by the way, Ethan Irwin had a perfect game in that match against Tom. Right, mm-hmm. right, perfect accuracy, you sweep that perfect PPE. You know, hundred percent. So he's coming off of that. Which coming into a match like this. Against Jeff Snyder, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to say this. If Ethan Irwin didn't have a perfect game, I'd probably pick Ethan Irwin. But I think in order to beat Jeff, you're going to have to play near perfect, if not perfect. And to replicate that in the Schmodown back-to-back matches is extremely difficult. I mean, look what happened with Bibiani. You know, um, it's... I think Jeff really... If he was able to have fine redemption against Oyama, he can find redemption against Ethan Irwin, which, you know, I've said a couple weeks ago, you know, look, Jeff had Ethan Irwin on the ropes, and he just, bad luck. Yep. Jeff Snyder's had some good luck on this run. Mm-hmm. It might persevere against Ethan Irwin. I think officially I will pick, oh, wow. I want to. Yeah. Okay, come on, Junior. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Jeff Snyder. Wow. Pick Jeff. Man, how them words taste. <laughs> Not good. Not good. How them words taste. Not good. I'm gonna go. I think I have to go Jeff too. So I, let me Isn't say it, something different. What though. a weird. Let me world. say something different. I know what a weird place we find ourselves in. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say lightning Liz. I'm gonna say lightning Liz. Just just to be different. Uh, interesting yeah. stuff, Frank Janish. Now, um, before we wrap up for this week, why don't we discuss the faction standings? What 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 are the current goings on? Yeah. So, this is just a crazy, crazy um, thing that's going on right now. Corruption. They find themselves at the top of the pack. Forty nine points right now. Over Swag who has forty eight. And the Finstock Exchange has 47. And Finstock Exchange, obviously no one here in uh, the remaining players of the tournament. But Swag and Corruption do. And a head-to-head battle in this semifinal is huge. I mean, this can really set up one of these factions, Swag or Corruption, in great shape going into the team tournament. And then imagine if one of these two, Swagger Corruption, whether it's Liz or Adam Collins, they win the whole thing. Now they're really in business when they get into that team tournament. They're going to have a substantial cushion uh, between 
at least a FinSec exchange for sure, and then whoever it is, swag or corruption. Um, and then if only one of those teams, whether it's final exam or deception, win one to go along with a win here, a win next week, a potential tournament final win, that that could really set them up, especially swag, because they're already locked. Well, I mean, even actually corruption too, because chance. And Chandru, Swag and Corruption are at Spectacular. We we know that already. Mm-hmm. Um, if Swag, if Liz Shannon Miller or Adam Collins wind up the tur- tournament winner, then they're playing the singles for the singles title at Spectacular against Dan Merle. Mm-hmm. This next week is monumental for Corruption and Swag. Uh, unfortunately, Finstock Exchange is going to have to sit there and, and, and yeah, they might get a potential two points out of Gray Drake, but that's not going to compare to whoever is getting three, maybe four. I doubt it, but at least three points next week between Swag and Corruption. Uh, Corky Mercs, you know, they're out of the tournament. They got a witching power. Rockstars, Jeff Snyder, I mean, they have 25 points. They're at fifth place. Um, yeah, I don't see how they're going to make up like 25 points <laughs> within the team tournament. And spectacular, yeah. I, you yeah, know, it's so it's the top three right now that are that are in it, and uh, I think that's why we set up top of the show that with Ray Drake getting the match for the exchange, Christian had said, you know, look out for some other things going on to because we understand that it's a little unbalanced if we don't get corruption and swag involved. So I don't know how that's all going to shape out. We'll see, but man. These standings are. This what makes it. This is what makes it fun, really, because otherwise we'd just be talking about who's going to spectacular, and that's fun yep. too. But there is this other dimension that's now part of the showdown and the speculation and the theorizing and who's got to do this, who's got to do that, and it's more multifaceted. You know, yeah, it's a lot more fun with these factions this year. Gotta love it, man. Uh, I, you know, I obviously my initial pick for the season isn't going to be working out. <laughs> uh, which was the rock stars. Hey, I had the den. <laughs> These guys have fallen so far. Like, down there. Oh, I mean, they, they're the mighty have fallen. Tina, they're in sixth place, in danger of dropping to seventh. I mean, oof. Rough. Yeah, not good. Not good for them. So, uh, we'll see, man. Uh, Frank Janish, we have to remind people next week uh, who you got in that pay-per-view match Shazam versus oh, yeah. Corruption. This this is tough because Shazam, I know Brendan Meyer just lost, but he's been playing great. Bibiani's been playing great. I don't know how Kalinowski rebounded after that Perry Nemiroff loss. Did he really take it to heart and just go balls to the wall and, and try and figure something out? I'm not too worried about Chance. He's always been a gamer and he's never played really a down match ever. He's played close matches, tough matches, and has always come to play. Yeah, Kalinowski is the question mark here. I I think Shazam's going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think Shazam's going to do it. They have their numbers are incredible. They've always been incredible uh, as a team. And these past well, almost two seasons now, Brendan and Bibbs, when you look at their singles numbers as well, been pretty incredible as well. Um, and I think it's all. Like, it's all finally going to come to fruition. Yeah, they couldn't pull off against Finding Fathers last year at Spectacular, but I think now that they have another taste at it, another shot at it, I, I think it. I think it's going to happen for them. And if it doesn't, 
then corruption has a is pro, is it, then they're in the driver's seat to lose the faction race. I think they yeah. all, that right there that's a huge four points. So that could really I mean that's huge. Yeah, and, you know who knows, man. Who knows? Um, I I think that I think that anything's possible. But Frank, I want to let people know. Next week we're doing this, right? Yeah, we're gonna do the one chip challenge. Definitely. Also, I want to leave you with a number. Oh, not, come on, just leave the numbers to me. I want to leave you with a number. All right, a number thirty-three. You might say, "What club thirty-three? Like Disney World?" No, no, no. You might say, "What club?" I mean, 33, what, like 33-degree masonry or something? No, 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 no. 33, such a beautiful number. It was the number of total runs from the Houston Astros in the ALDS. And, oh, baby, we're on our way to the championship series for the third time. No, for the fourth time in three. Is it the fourth time? Third what time? What a fan you are. You don't even know. Whichever. In four seasons. It doesn't matter. This <laughs> one's been weird. I'm trying to remember. Wait. It's true. We lost to the Sox yeah. in the ALCS, right? Yeah. 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 So the fourth time in four seasons. Oh, baby. Can you smell a World Series coming? I think I can. Frank Janish. Uh, and Yankees. I don't know what the result is, but how about them Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, correction. I know I just said title wins is four points. It's actually three points. So correction there. Oh, you know, people are going to jump on you if you yeah. didn't say that. So yeah. good job. Why let people know where they can find you and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FrankieJ29. And check out the Schmodown uh, Quick Clips channel. Quick Clips. Quick. You know, I almost Quick. feel like I Schmodown. almost feel like we do this yeah. one chip challenge not live. And we, we put it exclusively on the Quick Clips channel. There you go. To drive some traffic. Yeah. That's an idea. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Anyway. Well, thank you, Frank. You can yeah. find me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. <laughs> they also call me The Boat. Check out upcoming uh, in like two weeks. I think uh, season seven of Back to the Future the podcast hey. begins. A lot of cool special guests who are going to be joining me. Also, uh, Hall of Fame, Booker T, and myself. Check out coming up next with Jen Sturger and I. Different from this show. Very different. Um, like, honestly, if you have The Boat, who do you want more? Who do you want, who do, you want to, listen to listen to more? Frank Janish, Jen Sturger. Let you be the judge. Anyway, for Frank Janish, my name is Brad Gilmore. This is the Schmodown Rundown, and we'll see you next week. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.